here he is on the biggest stage on top of the highest Mount Everest that you possibly can be at holding the Oscar that was awarded to you by all these heavy hitters in the industry who voted for you, who said, no, 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 you, this, we think you're the best. And he's holding this and he's on live television. He's like, I have low self-esteem issues and my imposter syndrome is at its highest peak. Like I got chills when I first heard that. Welcome to All Day Dreaming. My name is Hyla. This week, I'm trying something a little bit different. As you know, I've been experimenting with different formats and, and ways to bring this podcast to life. And I don't even necessarily love the word podcast. It's just it's just a conversation, these short conversations um, that I want to have with you and get out some of... Um, the thoughts that are in my brain around creativity and ADHD and what better way to start this conversation than with everything everywhere all at once. Huge night at the Oscars, taking home seven awards, including best picture, sweeping most of the major categories, which is, it's really insane and unheard of for a film that is incredibly beautiful, visually stunning, emotional. Like my wife and I so many times just crying between the dynamic of, of the relationships with the husband and the daughter. And it's also an absurd film, which is how I describe an ADHD brain. <laughs> beautiful, absurd, and visually stunning. Um, and the origin story behind this character and the fact that Daniel Kwan, half of the Daniel uh, team, the Daniels that they're called, uh, Daniel Kwan discovered he had ADHD while making this film. And, you know, throughout the press tour of the last year, you could hear, like, the pain that he went through as a person and as an artist before his diagnosis. And that just huge weight off his shoulders once he discovered it is um it's incredible and it 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 really it was so relatable to me cuz even though i was diagnosed as a kid it wasn't anything that i really dealt with like i still carried those struggles okay, i have adhd and then what and, and there wasn't any like there wasn't any guidebook or any person who was like, hey, this is how you navigate it, or this is how you take it from it, you you know, being used against you to your ADHD working for you. And so most of my career, I would say up until the last four or five years, most of my career was just a complete struggle, emotionally, physically, creatively, knowing you have this talent and these ideas and, and, and this ability to make amazing stuff and then just not being able to to execute it or apply it in a way that didn't feel excruciating constantly. Like you're just always walking through mud trying to push a huge boulder up a river. And so hearing his journey, seeing his success, especially as a director, just has a special place in my heart and 
something I just wanted to explore today. So I'm going to do this in, in five chapters. First of all, his Oscar speeches. Um, there were multiple of them because obviously he won a ton of awards. Uh, and his ADHD was on full display. And I want to talk about his Oscar speeches. Then quickly touch on his journey, how he got to become essentially one of the greatest writers, directors um, that are emerging right now before our eyes. Um, a little bit around the origins of everything, everywhere, all at once. And, um, and kind of his, uh, his discovery about his ADHD and, and how that's impacted him. And then, um, we'll talk a little bit about what's next for these guys. So first the Oscar speeches, you could just sense it. Like as soon as Daniel Kwan starts speaking, you just know that that his brain is operating at a different level, a different capacity, and the honesty in which he is speaking um, was just blew my mind. You just don't hear this that often. Check this out. I never thought of myself as a screenwriter or a storyteller. I never thought I was good enough. I have self-esteem problems. I have to thank all the people. Yes. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, guys. My imposter syndrome is uh, at an all-time high. Um, I Listen to that. My imposter syndrome is at an all-time high. I have self-esteem issues. It's wild to think that here he is on this ride. Now, remember, going into the Oscars, everything, everywhere, all at once, scooped up more awards than any other film in history. So, like, all the other major award shows... Um, whether it's the Globes or the you know Screen Actors Guild or you know any of these industry awards that are kind of the precursor to the Oscars, they won more. I think it was like 151 awards or something, more than Lord of the Rings, which was held that title going in. They won more awards than anyone else, and here he is on the biggest stage, on top of the highest Mount Everest that you possibly can be at, holding the Oscar. That was awarded to you by all these heavy hitters in the industry who voted for you, who said, no, 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 you, this, we think you're the best. And he's holding this and he's on live television. He's like, I have low self-esteem issues and my imposter syndrome is at its highest peak. I, I almost like I got chills when I first heard that. Here he is at the top of the mountain and is imposter syndrome is matched at that point and it it's interesting that despite all the success the imposter syndrome is just this thing that's it's it's ever present it's there and it almost reminds me like it's probably something that you, you can never shake you can learn to live with like it can it can be in your space but not to let it overwhelm you and i think one important way that you can make that happen is something that he addresses later on in the speech. Listen to this. Who made me the storyteller that I am, starting with my mom, who protected me as a child, protected the inner storyteller. My mom is sitting here somewhere. I don't know where she is. Thank you for all the sacrifices you gave me. My wife, who protects me every day from the most negative thoughts I have, especially when I'm writing, and especially, I need to thank Daniel Shiner, who is my confidence. He is the person who told me I was a storyteller and a filmmaker before I could even say that myself and I would not be here without him. So okay, so there's a couple of things here. A talks about his mother 
He talks about his wife um, shutting down those negative thoughts that you have in your head. Then he talks about his collaborative partner and how he believed in him and, and he helped get the creativity out of his partner's head and, and kind of understood his value even before Daniel Kwan understood it himself. And it's something that I talk about so often. I don't know a single ADHD person who's like, quote unquote, thriving with their ADHD without having some type of team, community, collaborators that are working with like family, friends, collaborators, and professionals. Having some pieces of all those things surrounding you is really vital for, for those moments when you can't get your brain to work, but other people understand its value and, and, and can help you extract the value from your brain. And so the fact that he has this incredible community and team around him, and he's had this for quite some time, is it's just, it, it was really moving. And being honest and talking about the fact that you have low self-esteem, the fact that you have imposter syndrome and all these people help bring you to where you are today and, and being very honest about that and open about that. Obviously it's night. Nice, it, it's easy to claim imposter syndrome and low self-esteem when you're holding an Oscar, but there's all kinds of different versions of that, that, that we a hundred percent can do. Okay. Here, chapter two, the journey of the Daniels, specifically Daniel Kwan. These guys have, they've ticked off every box. They met in college. They didn't quite gel at first, but eventually they like came together and they realized, oh, like we're, we're kind of better as, as together than we are apart. I totally relate to that. My entire career I've always felt that I was better in teams and better as a collaborator. I always felt comfortable being like the guy next to the guy. Uh, I loved being a co-host. I loved being in a group of people. I loved helping other people. I, I, I always seemed to thrive in, in, in those settings, despite the fact that like, I often felt like I was letting people down or I wasn't living up to my expectation or I had insecurities that I would push on other people and then it would create conflict and I wasn't good at conflict resolution, right? And I would hold on to my ideas so tightly to the point that everyone would just like get fed up. And these guys figured out, okay, we're a team together. Let's, let's work together. And, and they ticked off all these boxes on their journey to becoming Oscar winners. First, they got the internet cred. They did a bunch of music videos. One of their biggest was Turn Down For What um, with the DJ Snake and Lil Jon, Turn Down For What. Just like this insane, it was like nine years ago. It's an insane video starring Daniel Kwan. They put him in it because they're like, oh, who are we going to cast who has the same level of energy as Daniel? And they're like, let's just put Daniel Kwan in it. And he's, you know, is this guy who's kind of like out of control and humping everything and everyone and like banging through all these different like levels of an apartment building. Turned down for what? I think it's now at like 
1.1 billion views on YouTube, just a monster video. So check, they get that internet cred. And then they quickly realized like they were doing all these music videos and they were doing these, these kind of short videos and, and stacking up the views and the likes and it just kind of left them empty. And they, they, they knew they wanted to tell kind of stories with, with more substance. So they started making indie films and there was this formula of like beautiful, sincere characters mixed with absurdity. Swiss Army Man comes to mind. Uh, it was a film that debuted at Sundance. I remember the very first thing I had heard about, I can't remember if I was at that Sundance or not, but I remember reading the headline, like, like people walk out of movie because of farting corpses, right? There's, there's corpses on the beach. There's lots of flatulence. It, a lot of it is, is a film about suicide and depression and just on the surface, if you just read the headline, you think it's like something absurd. They ended up winning best director, I, I believe at, at that, um, at that Sundance, but it was this mix of absurdity and sincerity and substance that really kind of allowed them to, to stand out. And so here they get the internet cred with their music videos, tons of likes. Then they start experimenting with like, you know, emotion and absurdity and combining those things, winning awards on the, on the indie uh, film circuit. And then of course they're getting the mainstream cred by having one of the most successful movies for a 24, uh, winning Oscars and, and, in this process, also getting the respect of their peers. Last year, um, Steven Spielberg was talking about who who influences him now. You know that you know, he's this goat of uh, of a filmmaker. I think he was at the Berlin Fil Film Festival. He was talking about this, and he he's like, I'm learning from the Daniels, specifically calling them out. He's like, the things that they're doing and the way that they're making film, I'm learning from them. Steven Spielberg is learning from the Daniels. And you can clearly see a bit of a torch passing. And like the stuff that they're doing is so innovative and different and completely opposite of, of like what a Spielberg film is. And yet he's looking at them as like, okay, I, I, I need to, I need to pick up some, some tools and techniques from these guys because they know what they're doing. And I, 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 uh, I really love that. Um, let's talk a little bit. Chapter three here, the origins of everything, everywhere, all at once. Evelyn, the main character, the original concept was for a person with undiagnosed ADHD that was so distractible that their brains could jump into different universes. That was the original concept. And in that, Daniel Kwan's like, you know what? Maybe I should do a little research on ADHD. I don't want to offend anybody. Let me, let me really understand what this is all about. And it was one of the first days that he started doing research on this. And he stayed up till four in the morning, just going down that rabbit hole, right? We, we know what the hyperfocus is going down that rabbit hole and just his mind exploding. He described his experience of like, holy shit, I have this. 
and staying up all night long and just crying. Just going through the motions of like, whoa, this is, I have the, oh, it, it's starting to make, it, it's like this flat, this sequence, your, your life flashing before your eyes and be like, oh, that's what that was. This is why I was, this is why I couldn't do that. It happens so often, especially with these later in life diagnosis. He called his diagnosis transformative. He says here, I want to get the quote, quote right. It really was this beautiful moment of opportunity for me to forgive myself for the first 25 years of my life because I didn't know. You have these feelings of I'm worthless or none of my friends can rely on me. And these are like friends who like did believe in him. It's low self-esteem, the imposter syndrome. Here's all this stuff. Uh, today, Daniel Kwan treats his ADHD with a mix of uh, therapy and medication. Um, he describes uh, the diagnosis as what it really does is it removes you from that judgment so you can understand yourself and forgive yourself. It's like, now that I know this, how can I move forward? And this is one of the things I always tell people, like, get that diagnosis. Even if you've self-diagnosed, if you think you have, like, get it. It just opens up more doors. It, it answers some questions. You don't have to sit on those questions and, and you can just move forward from that point. And it just, it makes sense of all the chaos that happened before that time. Um, there's this other fantastic moment. Um, he was doing, he was doing press on NPR. And this is one thing I, I really love. Since his diagnosis, he feels super adamant about talking about his ADHD as much as he can. A, to remove the stigma. B, I'm sure it's a level of like therapy to be able to do it. And just to kind of normalize the whole thing. And like, so like on NPR, he was talking about with his wife, they would have these moments where she would ask a question and because he's in his zone, he's daydreaming. She's like, hello. For this movie, we were trying to yeah, tell a story about someone who basically dissociates all the time, is constantly in another world in their mind, which is, mm -hmm. you know, honestly just came from my own experience. Like, my my wife is constantly being like, hey, hey, hello, hello, I asked you a question. And then, I, like, you know, finally I and snap out like, and I'm like, oh. Like, Dan, what are you thinking about? And then what, what do you say to her? What do you say? <laughs> I always say everything, which is the truth. <laughs> like, whenever she asks me, what are you thinking movie. about? I say everything, <laughs> mostly because I don't want to go through the, the process of, you know, talking her through all the things that went through my brain to get to the thought that I, I was chewing yeah. on. Hey, what's going on? Where are you? And like, he would have to snap out of it. Like, oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. All that in the context of making this film about someone who is super distractible. Uh, quick chapter four here. Classic ADHD. While he's making everything everywhere all at once, he also wrote five children's books. Because we can't just do one thing. Because we are easily bored and we can't just do one thing. And of course, A24, the production company they teamed up with, distribution company, uh, released his two children's books. They picked two out of the five. But the fact that he like made and published two children's books while also making this film, 
I don't recommend it, but I understand it. Like, I think he was in a unique position where, like, this little side project hobby thing could also have an avenue for distribution because, like, he's with A24. You know, that's a no-brainer for them, no-brainer for him. It's great. It, it just cracks me up. They're like, of course, he also wrote a couple of children's books that got produced. Okay. Finally, chapter five, last thing. They just signed this massive five-year deal with Universal. So what do you do next? Like, what do you do next when you, I mean, for them, they did this film. They won these Oscars. They probably are never going to be able to reach that kind of success again. It is lightning in a bottle. But I think there's a lot of interesting takeaways and learnings that we can fill from um, we can take away from any project that we've completed. There's this, um, there's kind of this, like a little bit of a depression. It's almost like when you go on vacation, you get back and the vacation's over and there's that like little lull that transition into real world. And I can only imagine the transition from this like crazy high that they're on into whatever is next. A, it's going to be made easier by the fact that like he has, he has a partner. They're doing this together. And he's already talked about this incredible community and team that he has around him. And he already has a wife that is going to be able to just like shoo away those bad thoughts that creep in because they will creep in when you're so high. It's it just, it's going to happen. But one thing I really, really loved is Quest Love from The Roots was on the red carpet. And he's a massive fan of this film. He's seen it number of times. It's one of those movies where he's always telling his friends, go watch it, watch it again if you didn't get it. Because I know some people who didn't get it, and like, you got to watch, watch it multiple times. Get off your freaking phone, focus on it, try and watch it in different mindsets. It is amazing. It is it is crazy. It's not, it's not easily accessible if you're not in the right mind frame, but like, just try, if you didn't get it the first try, try again, again, seven Oscars and multiple other accolades. These guys, these guys are rad. One more tangent. Shoot. I forgot. And I'll finish up with this final thought about what they should do next. And I forgot this in one of the earlier chapters during their indie ride when they were doing indie films and kind of crushing it on the indie circuit, indie uh, um, film festival circuit. They were like part of, um, they were doing some stuff for Vimeo. And there was one kind of like a Vimeo sponsored or hosted event where they talked about all, all the people and films that they stole from. And that was something that like, I really loved. Like too often as artists with like, we feel compelled to be like, this is an original. No, nothing's original. We're all stealing and we're all being influenced by everything in everyone around us. And the fact that they kind of laid out this, like, here are all the different things and people and how we stole from them. Great. Awesome. I love that. It's such a great exercise for yourself. Just like, where am I getting these ideas from? And let's be honest about where they're coming from and how I've been able to make them into my own. But finishing up this very last thought, what should they do next? And I thought Questlove had had the best advice. And he told them this. He's like, don't pivot. Whatever you're going to do next, 
stay in that same mindset. Don't change. Don't pivot. Don't try. He's like, artists do this all the time with album number two. They'll find success and they'll try. Don't switch it up. Stay the course. Stay in that same zone. Okay. My name is Hyla. This has been All Day Dreaming. All Day Dreaming. All Day Dreaming is a community and a platform for daily virtual co-working with other ADHD creatives and entrepreneurs. So if you're someone who is trying to boost your focus, improve your productivity, and eliminate your burnout, come hang out with us in All Day Dreaming. We do virtual daily co-working sessions together, all science-based in the way it's structured and executed. Also have monthly support groups where we talk with ADHD experts and other people with ADHD who are trying to figure it out, trying to crack that code. And you can join at alldaydreaming.org.